Workplace culture never seemed like a cool thing. Hey, to most people, it wasn't even a thing, let alone cool, until perhaps a show like The Office comes along in 2005 and dominates the ratings for nine seasons and for which NBC Streaming recently paid $500 million in order to stream its reruns. $500 million to watch a hilariously dysfunctional workplace like the ones that you and I dream of not having to work in. Although Dunder Mifflin looks a lot more fun than most offices I've actually visited. (laughs) So I think it's fair to say that workplace culture is not just a thing, and not just a cool thing. It's a very valuable thing. It's the place in which many adults spend 40 or more hours of their weeks, one precious week after another, for almost their whole lives. So wouldn't you like to make yours better? This week's podcast is my sixth episode in four years devoted entirely to workplace culture. I have two of the best culture builders I know, world-class conscious capitalists, back for a return visit. Kara Chambers and Lee Burbage will be bringing you, once again, 10 fresh and original tips for how you can improve your workplace culture. And not only that, even better, this time Kara and Lee promise me that every one of these is completely, well, mostly completely, (laughs) free. They cost nothing. They only await your attention and commitment, your willingness to try something new, take a risk. Maybe it fails, but maybe it works. Company Culture Tips, Volume 6, back with the dynamic duo that originated the series only on this week's Rule Breaker Investing. This episode of Rule Breaker Investing is brought to you by Brave, a next-generation free web browser that focuses on ensuring your privacy and security. Take back control of your online activity and switch browsers to Brave today at brave.com slash fool. That's brave.com slash fool. And this episode of Rule Breaker Investing is supported by NetSuite, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Download their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, today at netsuite.com slash fool. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. And welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. This week, it's Rule Breaker Company Culturing. I'm not sure that's the right participle, but I'm back here with two of my favorite fools, Kara Chambers and Lee Burbage. Kara, Lee, welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, yeah, you both were just on last week's show. We taped it a couple of weeks ago because it was the week before Thanksgiving, but we talked about how in December we were going to talk about company culture, and I decided let's start December off with that conversation. And Kara, I'm not going to say you promised I did. that all of these 10 company culture tips we're covering this week are free. I'm not going to say you promised that. I, I did, probably. I said low-cost, almost free. Yeah, I think you said low-cost, Lee and Kara. I think you said that, but I heard the free part. Yes. And anytime I hear free, I want to make that the name of the podcast. So, I'm pretty sure Rick, who titles most of our podcasts, will call this something like Company Culture Tips, Volume 6, Free Stuff. Because we've learned the power of the word free. Dan Ariely, who once came here and spoke at Full HQ, the wonderful behavioral economist, he wrote a great book called Predictably Irrational. And in Chapter 3, well, he entitles it The Cost of Zero Cost. He just talks about how the words free and zero hold powerful allure over the human psychology. And so I thought, let's call this free, Lee. Yes, I mean, it is practically free. I think when you look at these tips in relation to the total spend on employee salaries and marketing and um, all the other costs to a business, uh, it's pretty darn close to free. How about that? Yeah, I agree with you. So, we're going to call it free with an asterisk, but really just free. And I think that's fun because it's a reminder from both of you who have so consciously thought about our culture and grown it over just about a couple decades now for you both. I think that things we can share out that anyone can do if they just have the will or the imagination, because they're free, that is powerful. So, I sure hope that of the 10 tips you share, 
At least one of them is going to speak to every single person listening today if they're in or connected to a workplace. Can you make that promise, Kara? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Good. So we're about to change lives this week. I mean, I'm I like okay. to think we do that just about every week, but especially right. when you both come back and we speak to the workplace. Because I, as I tried to say at the start of the show, it's very valuable. It's um, underrated until maybe Steve Corral showed up. But these days, I think all of us recognize not just as entrepreneurs and business people, which we are, but as investors as well, picking stocks, which we are too, picking companies that have great cultures. You're probably going to do better as an investor. All right, Kara, I see you are warming up tip number one. Before we go there, let me just briefly preview what's going to happen on next week's podcast, because how can I not talk about games? Next week, it's all about games. Now, one thing I've tried to do in past years in the podcast is provide some of my favorite board game and card game ideas for maybe around the tree this year for anybody celebrating the holidays looking for gifts. I love to give my holiday games list. I'm also going to be reviewing Five stocks to put under the tree. Yep, that's a five stock sampler I picked a few years ago. We're going to see how that game is playing out. And then finally, I'm going to have the lead developers on our new mobile game app here at The Motley Fool. The name of the game is Investor Island. Now, some of you know this, you helped us beta test it as Stockstar a year ago or so now. Well, don't tell anybody. Well, you can if you want. Don't tell anybody but it's now out on the App Store. We've kind of done a soft launch. So if you're a gamer and a listener of this podcast, you should know you can show up at any App Store, type in Investor Island and begin playing along with us. Who knows, maybe you and I will send some fireballs back and forth at each other's statues having fun with the stock market as well. So the lead developers of our Investor Island mobile game app will share some of their tips for our new game next week. So yeah, next week games, games, games. And there's probably a little game here or there in this top 10 list. For sure. Even yes. the idea of a top 10 list is kind of its own like gamey framework. And we've been rocking this, Kara and Lee, for we've done the six episodes. One of them was about our, our Motleys, so it wasn't. But the other five, including this, have 10 tips each for corporate cultures. So if you are inspired by anything that Kara and Lee say today and you want to hear more, feel free to go back and listen to some of their other amazing lists of great tips to help out your workplace. With that said, the others might not have been free. These are. Kara, let's get started. Free company culture tip number one. Okay. So, this I got a lot from you, inspired by you, but we are big fans of random pairings and groupings here at The Fool. Mm, randomness. Um, it's um, a lot of, we have a lot of techies and investors um, who are introverted. And so, getting people to just to get together and mix and, and cross pollinate really just doesn't always happen naturally. And so, what we found is whenever we can, we try to give people opportunities to pair up or group up at random. Um, I won't leave without adding an app. Because, Kara, your Motley here, which I assume hasn't changed, yeah. is there's an app for that. Yes. So you'll hear me mention, yes, there's you an app. You always have an app. Okay, keep going. Yes. So what is this one called? I will shout out to Donut. Um, it's inexpensive if it's a Slack plugin that randomly pairs you to have coffee uh, with a random somebody maybe in Australia. So you could just meet them via Zoom. Um, I went around and recruited some of our most introverted people saying, hey, this is way easier than walking up to a stranger at a happy hour. Um, and some of them never miss it. Um, anyway, that is one technical way of doing so. But things like if you're having a team lunch or a, or a group dinner, um, we will mix up the seating. Um, if you're on a... Um, We've done things so it is free to pull names out of a hat, uh, and this being the holiday season, Secret Santa always works too. But when you pull a name, we've had ways of saying you're going to pull a name, and then you're going to talk about, go find out what makes this person special, um, find out what the what they do really well, and go tell them. So it's a great icebreaker. Um, it's a great way for people to connect. But what we found is, no matter what we're doing here, breaking people into random groups, um, which can be done with free or almost free crumpled up pieces of paper <laughs> or a cool app um, or anything like that. So I'm a big fan of random groupings and pairings. Thank you very much. And thanks for saying that I love randomness because you know that I do. And on the four apps at the bottom of my tray, like the always on tray on my smartphone, in the bottom right is a 
dice, a 20-sided die app, because I'm randomizing a lot, alarming amounts (laughs) in any given day, week, or month. But yeah, and the donut app is fun. Now, I I hadn't been doing this, but then I was like, I should be doing this. So, all I do is on Slack, with donut plugged in, I just go in and I sign up, and then at the start of the month, that's how I think you've set it. I think it can be set different intervals, but at the start of the month, I just get a Slack note saying, hey... You're going to have coffee with blank, one of yes. our fellow employees. As you mentioned, this might be an employee in Australia, in which case we have virtual coffees in front of our monitors, or it might be, in my case, my good friend Tom King, a relatively new analyst here at The Motley Fool. Tom and I are having a random coffee this December. So, really love the random pairings, and I know Fool's Errand, which we've talked about in years past, where we randomize an employee mm-hmm. to take a two-week break from the company, paid, um, would be another great example of randomizing. I always randomize people... As new fools, they come and have a coffee with me, and I interview each one, but I, I randomize the order in which we do that. So, random is fun. Yeah, it has a little unexpected uh, in there. It's a gamey element. And I, I said, I was talking about games next week, but I said we'd have some games this week. Donut is a good game. Lee, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I would just say sometimes randomness takes a little bit of programming. So, one of Kara's superpowers Letting is. My secret out. Yes. Um, one of <laughs> I want to know. I don't think I know. Assigning people seats at our annual company gathering. Mm, that's who's doing that. Yeah, and so it's it's a random group of people, but they have been assigned. So one tip I would give is if you're having gatherings and you're talking about, should we have assigned seats or not? I would highly encourage assigned seats, and you pick the random uh, seat pairings, if you will. Um, Otherwise, people will tend to sit with people they already know and talk about the same things. So true. So the randomness means if I throw it into a randomizer and then see... It's all the same people from the same team who happen to be randomized <laughs> sitting together. I will fix it, quote unquote. Well, you'll re-randomize. Yes, perhaps. I will re-randomize until I feel like it's right. Okay, good. So that sounds free to me. I love that one because it has a game element as as well. It runs through our culture in various ways, and I hope whoever you are, wherever you're listening to us from, I hope that that makes sense to you and you see a way to make things a little bit more fun in your office. And yeah, I, I love it how, how it creates juxtapositions that wouldn't otherwise happen. It breaks up groups. It gives you new new conversations. Love it. Okay. Good one, number one. I'm not going to say these get better. Do these get better? Was that the best and we laid off best. of that? Or that was the worst? <laughs> Caros are all better than mine. So. Okay. Well, I know we're bouncing it back and forth. So, Lee, number two. Uh, okay, so number two, um, I'm titling "Small Surprises," and so uh, there, I, I will admit, there's a, a tiny cost to doing these. Okay, uh, so it's still free though, and, right? But, but practically free. <laughs> um, and so I've got a couple examples of um, really understanding what it is that um, gets people excited, and oftentimes it's a small thing. So we have someone on our team, for instance, who loves the 100 grand. Is that how it's pronounced? I think candy bar. Yeah, 100 grand. 100 grand, uh, which is delicious. And it turns out in our area, not always available everywhere. You'd think with that big brand. So I try to pay attention to when I see it in the store and I spend the small amount of money to have it. And every once in a while, I would just sneak it onto this person's desk so that when they come in, they're like, oh, it's my favorite candy bar that is not that often available to me. Wow. Um, As a group, uh, Kara and I, um, once we have a team of, uh, we probably had about 12 of us at this time, um, I booked a fake meeting and I said, hey, instead of a meeting, we're all going to walk to 7-Eleven and everyone is allowed to purchase one item from 7-Eleven, which is more challenging than you'd think. 7-Eleven's got a lot of stuff in there, but it's so fun. You're like a kid again. Like Some people are grabbing the ice cream sandwich, others grabbing the Red Bull, someone else the uh, really bad sunglasses. Um, and we just had a really fun time as a group. We took a group photo. So I personally, I like to look for those little small moments where um, for uh, little to no cost, um, mm-hmm. uh, we can do something fun that's sort of outside of the normal work day, um, little surprises. I, love I had that no idea you were the 100 grand fairy until right now. <laughs> Yes. That's really? True. Yeah, that's true. I had no idea that was you. <laughs> there may be a few of us. I don't know. So, Kara, are you the one who loves the hundred grand bar? It is not Some me. Jello. But sometimes I enjoy. Ah, uh, yes. So I wouldn't turn one away. So this one, of all of them, maybe feels the most anti-corporate in the sense that it's not like that's something you could just be doing anywhere in in a household or a company or any any college any kind of environment. And I think a lot of it is just. I guess having the focus to to remember things like that, or to remember how special small surprises are. Mm -hmm. And time can slip by so quickly, you'll realize, wow, it's been eight months since I've done anything like that. So, I think you're right. Having the focus 
um, to just think about those little things. Um, your brother Tom is excellent in this zone. I probably learned that from him mm. of just um, knowing when to give people um, something small and special and shows that you've been listening. Like, you know, this fool realizes that I know that she likes hundred grand, right? And that tells her that I know her and I care about her as a person. It's great. All right. Well, I'm not scoring you. But if I were, I'd say it's tied right now. Oh, okay. nice. Uh, this is not competitive, though. I think you came up with these together, so I'm going to drop the whole scoring thing. This is not a thing for this podcast. Kara, number three, um, I see it shorthand deliberate one-on-ones. Could you please explain? So, those are free, and I think that they're one of the most underrated ways to improve your culture, is to just sit down and ask people their opinions. Um, it sounds way less exciting than a $100,000 bar. Um, <laughs> if you bring one, it'll probably be better. But I bet somehow, at some point, Lee figured out, found out um, what people's favorite candy bar was. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, so we do, um, you're catching me at a time when we're doing our engagement surveys and, and we kind of get together around this time of year and we meet and we're like, what's our big program next action? Can I look closer at this data? We've talked about this in prior podcasts. Really, I'm just saying, just sit down with each person on your team and ask them what they think and frame it in a way to be like, I really want to hear from you personally. Um, It's not the most exciting. It feels obvious, but so few people do this. Um, At least um, try to make sure you're doing this once a week. Um, And again, it's not, there's nothing you need to buy. You just need to book your calendar and spend some time. Um, it doesn't need to be overprogrammed, but I will say one of the key things to driving a great culture is great conversations. Mm. So, so give me a starter's guide. If I haven't done that before, maybe I'm not comfortable. Like I'm not quite sure how to do that mm-hmm. well, and I'm hearing uh, these world class culture professionals tell me that deliberate one on ones is a thing and it's free, and I sure agree with that. How about one, two, or three tips to to do that in a way that's going to succeed? Uh, yeah, I read this um, in a book called The Coaching Habit, um, which I loved. Is you start with just what's on your mind, and then wait. It's as simple <laughs> which as is that. Really hard. I'm not very good at doing this. And then wait until the person starts talking, and then you say, "And what else?" Right? And you just continue. And so starting with that is helpful. You don't need anything big. Um, and and so I, I found that really helpful if I don't know where to start. Uh, is to just say, what's on your mind right now? Um, Mm -hmm. And be really patient. We have a a fool here named Rob. He teaches active listening, and you would be surprised how incredibly difficult it is to wait those 10 seconds, right? And be like, because let me tell you what's on my mind, or something like that. So Uh um, I'm going to do that with my one-on-ones tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So part of the tip there is you put it out there and you don't say anything. You you are actively listening. I'm clearly not an experienced active listener because I'm asking noob questions about active listening. It's so hard. but I think you know, just and that's why I use the word deliberate. Like I am going to focus myself on doing that today. Um, and if I could sneak in, David, and maybe break protocol and slide in number four right here. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Um, Karen and I talked beforehand about is this the same one? And I said no. These are two different tips, um, <laughs> okay. but they are definitely related. Um, at least once or twice a year, I would take one of those one-on-ones and purposely kind of step back from what often ends up being more of a day-to-day discussion, right? So, when a manager and employee are talking, oftentimes it's more task-oriented. What project are you working on? When's it going to get done? When can I get my stuff? That sort of thing. And it's actually a lot more rare for a manager to ask just, how are you doing? Where do you want to go with your career? What are the next steps? How can I help you? What's one thing that I can do to help you better? So asking those bigger picture questions about longer term things that are less to do with the day to day, we find is incredibly impactful. Um, The number one thing we hear from people is, thanks for asking. So just the act of asking actually helps in engagement and so forth. And then what I find is you'll learn so much, um, and there's lots of good to-dos from a a check-in like that. Well, and and so you've entitled this one, Dreamy Mm Check-Ins. And uh, and so I guess the dream there is that you wouldn't think that people would care. Your boss would care about what you're after, and I, I sure hope our listeners do, and those that they report to or report to them do. But maybe a lot of the world doesn't, and well, so this comes across as a surprise for a lot of people. My guess is they all work very hard, your listeners, right? And that's what we see here at the Fool. People are working hard; they've got a lot on their plate, and they're really focused in on those things. And so it does take a little. Um, focus in a different area to step back and say, let's just take a small break and talk about you and where you're headed and how I can help. All right. So, number one was random pairings. Number two, small surprises. Number three, deliberate one-on-ones. And number four, dreamy check-ins. Before we get to number five, 
This episode of Rule Breaker Investing is brought to you by Brave, a next-generation web browser pioneering a better internet with privacy by default. It begins with giving you back control over who has access to your online activity. Brave's browser protects privacy by stopping behavioral trackers and creepy ads following you across the web. Brave provides faster speed and a better user experience. It performs up to eight times faster than other browsers while saving your battery life and reducing data costs. Brave is free and easy to switch over to due to its convenient setup, including importing your bookmarks with one click. All your Chrome extensions work on Brave, too. It has an opt-in advertising and rewards program. If you opt in to Brave's privacy-respecting ads, you get rewarded with tokens, which you can use to support your favorite content creators and access premium content. This helps give publishers back their fair share of web revenue. Doesn't it sound interesting? Take back control of your online activity switch browsers to Brave today. It's free. Brave.com slash fool. That's Brave dot com slash fool to switch your browser to brave. Yesterday was about big tech. Today is about us. All right. Welcome back. You know, I'm just going to take a quick moment out to brag. Lee and Kara, I believe that you are too humble to do this, but I, as the proud entrepreneur who, with my brother Tom, helped found this company 27 years ago, I am not that humble. So, twice a year, we survey our whole company, and we get upwards of an 80% response rate, and we ask them, are you engaged at work? Do you love what you do? Do you love who you're doing it with? Those kinds of questions. And three of those questions, which are? I'm proud to work here. Number one. I would recommend working here. Number two. And I generally feel positive at work. Right. So, those three taken together, we look and we blend everybody's answer, and we call that our engagement rate. And the rate of engagement of The Motley Fool, as of last week, we just took it fresh, was 91%. Now, the reason I want to brag a little bit is because Gallup does this engagement survey of the average American corporation, maybe Dunder Mifflin included, and Gallup revealed last year, 2018, the highest engagement rate in American corporate history since the 20 years or so that they've been taking this survey. And guess what the rate is? I know you both know, but I'm asking rhetorically of our listeners, guess what it is? It's 38%, the all-time high. So, my brother Tom, I always swipe this. This is one of his many great anecdotes, and I love this one. So, he talks about the boat that we're all in as a corporation. And so, we each have a paddle, and there are 10 of us in the American corporate boat. And so, at its all-time high now, America has four of the 10 paddlers paddling forward, which is good. In that same canoe, there are about four others that have the paddle on their lap. They're not disengaged, but they're not actively engaged. They're just kind of along for the ride. And then two or three people in the back are actively paddling backwards, actively disengaged at the companies they work for. So, all time highs in America. We take pride in our workplace here in America. And yet, that's what the boat looks like. Lee and Kara, this is not the How I Built This podcast. I hope that you both will be invited on that at some point and talk about building one of the world's best corporate cultures. But to the extent we're channeling that for just a minute or two here, how have you built a culture where nine of our 10 employees are paddling forward and one dude's got the paddle on his lap in the back? Kara? I'd say it's just from constant improvement and paying attention. I know your brother Tom reads every single comment and talks about it at our all hands. I think that's a really big one. Um, and, and so I think it's an openness to be um, willing to hear feedback and willing to adapt as we go. Um, I'm going to just combine this too, but a lot of our all hands too, our employees will write something into our surveys and say something like, How are we going to scale our culture when we're bigger and bigger? And I always get up and say, uh, the fact that you're asking that tells me that you care enough to preserve this culture. Mm. Uh, and so I think it's just a group effort. And Lee, what else? Yeah, I mean, because the- I learned, by the way, from a smart person to say, and just wait 10 seconds sometimes if I need to, and <laughs> say, and what else? I would say it's, an, it's a powerful thing to have a score and a metric 
right? And so oftentimes out there in the world with, with culture, at least early in my career, um, it was a hard thing to say, are things working or not? So thank you to Gallup and, and our partner CultureAmp and other companies like that that helped us find what I think are some powerful ways to measure if the things we're doing are working or not. It's not perfect, but but directionally correct. And so having a score that then we can go back and try to improve, um, it's a game we're playing, David. And, and who doesn't love to play that game and, and to win, right? Thank you very much, Lee. Yeah, so nine out of ten paddling forward. Our boat is moving swiftly. It is a delight to be on board this ship of fools. Let's get now to free company culture tip number five. Kara, this is perfectly timed. Um, so Google Sheets. I was thinking about um, in past podcasts we've talked about testing and learning things, um, and some of our best things we've tested into have been managed in a Google Sheet. Um, so I just like to give a little shout out. So before we had Coltram, we just ran our surveys through Google Forms. That's free. Um, our uh, 360 feedback was also done in Google Forms. Um, <laughs> our our wellness sign up, our classes that you're taking. I'm going to get to wellness in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Sign up sheets. Um, they're free and they're easy. Um, games, scorekeeping. Uh, they're all just done in this kind of free, uh, and that's what where my head was of saying. I almost always add that as a disclaimer, like you don't need an app; you can just use Google Sheets. Um, <laughs> but if you're in, um, if you're working with data like that, I, I think it's just a really good way to test it. And we talked about this being free. A lot of blockers for people are not even necessarily about the money, but it's about getting approval to get money. Mm. So if you want to test something. It's just easier to say, I'm going to just stand it up and duct tape it together with Google Sheets. I'm famous for doing that a little too long, <laughs> but um, that, that's kind of how. And so, what I said was, I added almost every disclaimer of how to make some of our programming free um, is just try it in Google Sheets, try your surveys, try your randomizer, try that. Um, and everyone can use it. So shout out to Google Sheets. Google Sheets are your friend. Lee, are Google Sheets your friend? <laughs> they are my friend. Um, a good thing I'm also friends with Kara because uh, <laughs> she knows all the technology. She's constantly out there looking for what's the next thing that's going to help us. And um, we do laugh um, together often about how much easier our life is today because of tools like that, right? So um, it's th- there's so much out there to take advantage of. It can be overwhelming, but um, starting with something simple and basic that you already have, uh, pretty fun. So those are five free things. Yes, darn it, they're free. Uh, <laughs> even that Seven Eleven trip, that was free, right? Darn close. Enough. All right, so we're at halftime, but there's no marching band, and there's no dudes <laughs> jumping on a trampoline, dunking the ball after a three six. No, we're just going right through halftime to point number six, Lee. So point number six, you'll love, and, and I feel like I'm continuing to preview next week. This one I've titled "Play Games." Thank you. Uh, this is, uh, I'm thinking company wide. Uh, we do take time as a culture to um, stop what we're doing and just have fun together. Uh, I've listed a, a, a few of my favorites. So, one of my favorites, I thought I invented this, but then I heard some other companies doing it. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll take credit. Um, but uh, every couple of years, uh, we give out some small supplies to every department in the company. And each, each area of the building builds their own um, mini golf hole. And then fools take a break. We all walk around the office and play each other's mini golf holes. And the team is laughing together. You're playing some ridiculous mini golf that's been built out of like a piece of rope and whatever was in your garbage can. Um, and it also gets you walking around the office and meeting some people you might not normally interact with. Mm. Uh, we play play a game called Assassin every couple of years, where um, you're slowly whittling down through the office of people that you have to virtually kill. I believe we right. use you a have, sticker. You get randomly somebody's name, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to go kill them. And how do you kill them? You uh, uh, put a sticker on them. Um, we have some rules about how to put that sticker on them. <laughs> and it's a small sticker. And then if once you've killed them, then they give you their the person that they were supposed their to go mark. get. And by the end of the day, you've got like um, Rick and Steve like chasing each other around the office, trying to put a sticker <laughs> on each other to win the assassin. And they've game. got like a hundred dots on them each or something. It's, I never make it past the first round. It's <laughs> not me. And and the last one I'll throw out is if if you're not into like um, running all around the office, one of our favorites is just a simple pub quiz. And there's plenty of sites online that um, for free will help you build your own. Did pub you say quiz. free, Lee? I did say free. <laughs> Keep going. 
Um, plenty of places online where you can build your own pub quiz. And we love, uh, lots of times the questions are about other people that work in the office, but they don't have to be. They could be about the show, The Office. But just getting together, dividing up into random teams and playing a pub quiz, uh, just having fun, laughing, um, doing doing things together, playing games, um, it really builds a sense of camaraderie that will carry into difficult decision-making and hard projects and all of those things that are part of our daily lives. So, okay, yeah, maybe kind of a, a sub-theme this week are games, which I love. I think that's great. And, I mean, I would say that games, just gamer thinking in and around the offices, hiring gamers, yeah, they happen to be techies, they happen to be marketing people, they love games. I think, I'm, I'm going to say we over-index there, Kara. I know that you, you both help us hire a lot. I don't know that we specifically try to hire gamers, but it seems like we over-index toward gamers. I think they may self-select in here. It's possible. <laughs> and I will say, I am not a gamer, but this is just accessible enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Like The rules of Assassin Lee explained in two minutes, and so uh, I can do that. Right? And, and so I think there, one of the points is it should be accessible for everybody. Mm, yeah. So earlier you previewed, you used the word wellness briefly. Now, that's obviously a very important word, not just here in our offices, but for the world at large. Again, this will be the last time I hope that I brag this podcast, but I did see a headline in the Washington Post last year that said, The Motley Fool is Washington, D.C.'s healthiest company. Uh, That made me really proud. I don't think I'm contributing necessarily, unless high cholesterol counts, but outside of that. You look great, Dave. Thank you, Lee. (laughs) You look even better. But but wellness is obviously a major trend in workplaces and in our society. I've even heard people like my cranky friend, Matt Greer. We know him, we love him. I think he says he doesn't even like the word wellness. He feels like it's this jargon that's taken over. So, But apart from what word we're using, Kara, what is free company culture tip number seven? Okay, so wellness challenges are one of the best things about our wellness person, Sam Whiteside, is she's very good at making um, wellness challenges that are accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your friend, your cranky friend Matt Greer, was at spin class with her, by the way. Uh, wearing like everybody. probably Lycra yeah. and, and rocking Sorry. the word wellness because he was trying to fit in. Yes. Uh, but I think it's really, I tell all new hires, whether it's um, just trying to get yourself to stand more um, or to like perfect your triathlon time, there's all types here. Um, wellness is great for work. It really improves your mood. Um, if you're a knowledge worker, um, which most of us are, it's really it's it's good for your brain. Um, it improves your cognitive functioning, no matter how healthy you are. So we have a variety. They're based in Google Sheets, um, and they're largely based on the honor system, which is is key. And and so if you really want to lie to get a ten dollar gift card or just some applause, go for it. That's fine. Um, one of our other themes is about trust. But um, <laughs> so our wellness challenges. That, again, there'll be things like push ups, and you put them in a sheet. And you can watch everybody, and it's fun because we're a global company. So you see people like in London before you even got up did like fifty push-ups, and 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 it's going around the world. And you said they're typing it into a free Google, Google sheet. sheet. It's live. Um, it totals. You know, we've got some of our business intelligent people writing really cool formulas to like get a leaderboard going. Um, she uh, last month it was random acts of kindness. It could be um, getting thirty minutes of exercise, eating um, eating five servings of vegetables in a day. And so they're accessible to everybody. Um, not all of us are athletic, <laughs> definitely. But I think they're they're great for just kind of having some fun. It's a nice mix of that gamification and competitiveness, mm. um, mixing it up. But what we found is um, you don't need, again, fancy software. You don't need apps. Um, you, can do, you can do this for free. You can... Um, you can get groups of people together to, to challenge each other and encourage each other um, as part of your culture that, that doesn't get. So most people will say to me, we couldn't afford to have a wellness person at our company. And be like, but you could afford to have a push-up contest or a steps or a random acts of kindness contest, um, minutes of um, mindfulness and yoga. Um, so there, there's all kinds of ways you can do that. So I would say no matter where you are in the world, um, encouraging your coworkers to, to get healthy with you. Lee, Lee, what's been your favorite wellness challenge here at The Fool? I mean, for me, I love push-ups. So, mm-hmm. I've, I've enjoyed the the push-up challenge. And I, I would just um, emphasize, too, that these are personal challenges that we all um, go in together and support each other. So, what we're logging in is you're only competing against yourself. I would caution against making it an actual competition. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. We have done that in the past, yeah, and some true. people almost died. Yeah, so, yeah. You mean the 
eat as much as you can, as many hot dogs. Didn't we have a hot dog? We had hot dogs. We also had a fool who, I guess there's some, there's something I think you're not supposed to eat more than a certain amount of fruits and vegetables. There's actually like a limit that the body can take. And a fool came to me and said, I figured out I can eat more than that. And I realized we've gone too far. Yeah, this is before we had a wellness person, but I made our first wellness challenge, which um, you got points for spending time outdoors, which was healthy, for eating fruits and vegetables. So we added like five different elements. And then um, spending time outdoors, this guy like went and camped for like four days, and and it, we went a little too far. So, so not a competition, not personal a competition. challenges where yeah. you support each other. Yes. Yeah, and as somebody who does more like fifty push-ups rather than five hundred push-ups, it's all about yeah. Can you do fifty-one if you're me? Yeah. That's great. And right? and wall push-ups count, thankfully, for me. <laughs> now before we get to number eight, I want to turn the tables a little bit because I can imagine some of us. Um, are listening to this going, wow, that just sounds amazing. I am on a factory line eight hours out of the day, every working day. It sounds great to be able to walk and go outside and play assassin around the office, and those, but it couldn't ever work in my culture. I know that you both are connected to the greater world of human resources. Some people still say HR. I've always preferred culture, but there's a huge industry out there trying to make it better, but not every company is the same. And some are hardcore manufacturing, for example. Some have security concerns. What's a bit of wisdom or two, some foolishness that you would share at a, at a conference when you hear people raise their hand and say, we could never do that here? I think our best ones have been like uh, not time-based, where you have to take a break from your work. So, they're just things you can do like as you're going on break and you're switching shifts. Maybe you like pull a random name out of a hat that when you're on your break, I'm making this up as I go. Right. Uh, of someone to um, thank, do a random act of kindness for, or something like that. Um, and so I, I think what we found is um, we can also go overkill if you're trying to take people away from their work too much. Um, yeah, we're probably but, in danger of sounding like that after seven tips that yeah. include as much of the fun that is part of our corporate culture. But obviously, we play hard, we work hard. Yeah. And we got a lot of important stuff done here. Every every culture is different, so I think part of it, Lee, is we just need to kind of suit our culture to what our business is and what makes sense. And we're weird here at the Motley Fool. We know that. So not everybody is as weird as we are, but everybody has imagination and can do it better. Yeah, and I think a lot of the things, if you look inside what we're doing, we're talking about being kind to one another, caring, right? And so there's there's easy ways to do that. Whether it's just writing a small note. I mean, I'm putting myself on that manufacturing floor. Um, maybe it's a bit of a routine job that I'm doing every day. And today I've walked in and there's a little handwritten note just you know on my workstation or you know by the machine that I'm working. And it's from you know Bob three machines down. It's mm. like you know, hey dude, I've been watching you. You're you're kicking butt. You're really doing a great job, and I appreciate you. How good does that feel? I mean, I feel honestly, I feel good saying that inside, and mm-hmm. and I've just made those people up. Yeah, and well, that was. Tip number two, small surprises. Rewind, dear listener, if you don't still remember, leaves excellent small surprises point. So, thank you. Thank you both. I do want to make it really clear, every office, every workplace is different. So, what works for us might not work for you, and vice versa. But I hope that at least one of these things, all of which have worked for us, would work for you, whoever you are. And by the way, at the end of this month, we'll have, as always, our mailbag. And I'd love to hear back from some of you in terms of whether we've influenced your culture, whether it makes sense to listen to us, and whether you want to influence us by sharing back some of your best tips. In fact, one of the things I'll often ask at my new fool coffee with my new fools who come in, they've been maybe here a month, we have a 90-minute coffee together, and I'll say, hey, what did you do where you just came from that was awesome that we could think about starting to do here? So, so many of the things that you're sharing, the 50 or so tips across all these episodes, these are things that we've built up over 27 years of listening, trying, failing, succeeding, building. And so, every context is different. All right, let's go back to you. Number eight. So, this is one of my favorites on the list and one of my favorite things in the office. And um, seasonally, this is the perfect timing because it launched this week. Uh, actually, it's on all the time, but some aspects. And that's um, free, uh, free package reception and delivery here in the office. So, what we noticed was we already have a, a reception desk that's set up to send and receive packages. Uh, a lot of our employees work or uh, live in apartments or condos, or maybe in areas where they don't want their packages sitting outside or packages come during the day. And we thought, hey, 
we're already sending and receiving packages. Why not let employees send and receive packages right here using our facilities? Mm. So um, if you'd like to send a package or if you want to get your packages mailed, we fully encourage you to have all, all of your packages shipped here to the office. We have a great uh, tool called Envoy that um, automates that process and makes it very easy for our um, receptionist is team. Is this like an app or a plug-in in it Slack? Sure or is. What is Envoy? Uh, it's a um, it's software mm-hmm. um, that, that you do purchase um, that, that does cost, but you don't have to do it that way. We haven't always had Envoy. It's nearly free. Nearly free. Um, and then this time of year, we do something special, which is we set up a gift wrapping station with all the things that you need to wrap packages. So um, if you're receiving holiday gifts, uh, you can have them shipped to the office, and then you can go over to our gift wrapping station and wrap your gifts and so forth here at the office. Maybe you want to you know, have a surprise for someone, mm. so you want to have it wrapped at the office and not at home. So um, it, it, it already existed here. It was just a matter of us opening up something that we were already doing to let employees use it as well. We never hear from this guy enough across the glass. Rick Engdahl. Rick, do you use our gift wrapping station and our package deliver here at The Fool? Absolutely. It's one of my favorite little benefits here. I have a lot of favorite little benefits here at The Fool, but when that gift wrapping station is here and I'm doing my last minute shopping on Amazon and they all come in and I can just wrap them here and bring them home and throw them right under the tree. It does add a little bit more of a surprise, doesn't it? Yeah, and it just makes it so much easier for me because otherwise I have to go home and then I have to find the paper and find this. Oh, it's so much easier, so much better. I love it. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. All right, eight down, two to go. I'm not going to say that Lee and Kara have held their very best to last. I'm not saying that. But one thing I will say is that if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Many companies have one system for accounting, another for sales another for inventory, and so on. It's just a a big, inefficient mess. It takes up too much time, too many resources, and that can hurt your bottom line. Well, introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control that you need to grow. With NetSuite, you save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance and accounting, orders, and HR instantly, right from your desktop or phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free, yep, I said it again, free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits. That's at netsuite.com fool. That's netsuite.com fool to download your free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits, netsuite.com fool. All right, free company culture tip number nine. Kara. I got this one, trust, um, which is about kind of letting people uh, choose their own terms. As you all may know, we don't have a dress code, we don't have a schedule, we don't have a vacation policy. We've talked about that in episodes yeah. past. It sounds and weird to a lot of the world. It, it is, but it's about... Um, People crave that autonomy, and I like that we led into this episode talking about the office. And a lot of the office is really about like how to get around all the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, people were making an effort, and they were spending their time trying to create rules and get around the rules. <laughs> and why, you know? And so it's it's kind of indirectly it'll save you money to not worry about publishing your memo about dress codes or being at your desk at eight a.m. because people are watching. So for, so for us, it's a lot about extending trust. Treating people like they're adults, if you hire well, you're setting an example, and uh, good things will follow. From day one, I'd say we have defaulted Mm -hmm. to trust. It made a lot of sense since it started with a couple of brothers who trusted each other, and then they started hiring their friends, who presumably Tom and I trusted our friends. We, We do. And then lots more people, all of whom also became our friends. And so trust is, I think, at the heart of The Motley Fool. Wear what you want, work when you want, choose your own priorities. Lee, did you come from a trust-based workplace prior to The Motley Fool? It's funny. I thought I did. I sold myself in the interview process as, um, oh, I worked someplace very similar to this. It's called Bank of America. Um, <laughs> and it turns out, I think, actually, um, we were fairly progressive in the world of banking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I was a, a young professional at that time, and um, banking in and of itself is um, uh, not a, a lot of autonomy, not nearly what we enjoy here. And, you know, what I saw there and, and what we enjoy here is a lot of HR people in particular in the world are very busy creating rules and enforcing them. Mm. Um, and for Kara and I, I know in particular, that's not the kind of work that we enjoy. We enjoy supporting people, 
um, setting people free to do the things that they love to do, like making sure you love coming to work every day. That's a lot more fun to do as an HR professional than being like the rules police. It's it's actually our least favorite part of our jobs. So um, maybe it's a cheat because that's the way Kara and I also like to work, that we enjoy working for you and your brother, that um, we get to do the fun parts of HR. Mm. Now, Lee, I remember when you passed your first work anniversary at Bank of America, which, by the way, is a pretty amazing company. Yeah, so, we're definitely not besmirching a, a company that's much, much larger just and does a just lot different. more in this world than our company does. But what was the talisman, the gift that you were given upon your first anniversary at Bank of America? I believe the first thing I got in my year one was a tie pen. Um, to a hold tie pen. Tie pen, uh, which I don't think people wear tie pens. I'm, I wasn't even <laughs> sure what it was. Um, year two was a business card holder. Um, with the great part about it was it had a tiny clock on the back. So while you sitting at my desk saw my business card, I saw the clock. <laughs> And perhaps to keep with our theme here, those things weren't free. I'm, I'm, I can only imagine how many business card holders Bank of America was buying. And uh, so it turns out maybe you could could have done something even cheaper if you're the HR person there that would be more appreciated for year one or year two. So last week, um, or maybe earlier this week, on December first was my 21st full anniversary. Thank you. That's uh, incredible. Yeah, which uh, I celebrated here, and I got something free for that that felt pretty good, and that was. Um, one of a, a fellow fool walked up and said, "Hey, everybody! It's Lee's twenty-first fooliversary," and the thirty or so people sitting around me applauded. And uh, it turns out, applause is free, and that felt pretty good, and and, and a lot better than a tie pen. Again, not to disparage Bank of America, great place to work too. But. All right, take us home here, Lee. Company culture tip: this one's free too. Number ten. So number ten is called extra time. And when we made this list, I was laughing inside my own head that it was the last one on the list, and it was about time. So um, <laughs> anyway, I was I'm a self-entertained unit. Um, extra time. So you'll find yourself as as a leader, in particularly, or as a, a teammate. Um, people sometimes need a little extra time. Um, we see it when you've gone away on your uh, parental leave and you're coming back to work and something maybe with daycare hasn't gone right or there's it's hard to schedule those things and you need an extra day or two before you come back. Um, or maybe someone has died. Um, you're grieving and, and people deal with that in different ways and you don't realize like, geez, I really could use just one more day. Um, or a little more time, or I, I need some flexibility in my life to deal with something. And in the time, it can, in the moment, it can feel like such a big deal as a boss. Like, oh my gosh, another day! You've already been out for six months, or or, or what have you. But in the uh, long term scope of a business, the company is not going to remember that extra day. So true. But that extra day for someone who has lost someone very close to them, or they're dealing with a small baby, um, that's such a big deal. So extremely low to zero cost for the company to give someone an extra day when they need it, but very impactful for the individual. Mm. You know, I'm thinking of a senior level hire that we made this fall. And this is somebody who works really hard at another organization. And she said, could I come to work a little later than you all thought my start date would be? Because while I was ready to start in January, I'd really appreciate if I could just spend a few weeks in transition, just reconnecting with my family. And so, he said, sure. Go ahead. Come come back February 14th. Come back on Valentine's Day and start then. And I think that's a great example where I feel as if that time for her to feel like she can transition, reconnect with her family prior to her starting here, that's something she'll always remember. And for us, 10 years from now, we will not remember that start date. It won't matter much at all to us. Of course, if you allowed things to drag out too much, it would be very inefficient. So there's always going to be some golden mean with all of our points. Um, you know, you can't overtrust people to the point that they don't earn your trust back. All of these things have accountability tied to them as well. Even extra vacation or not counting your hours built into that is the accountability of the system. But really, it's based on trust, as you said earlier, Kara. Yeah, and I would say what we find, David, is. The vast majority of the people in your work community are going to treat all of these things with great respect. And too often, businesses worry about the, the, the small minority that may take advantage of things. And so, you don't want to find yourself building policies up mm. to try to protect yourself against the small minority that then hurts the majority. Uh, you'd rather do the opposite. Do amazing things to take care of the vast majority of the people that work with your company, and then deal with the one-offs as they come. So well said. 
So, I mean, there you have it. 10 more improve your company culture tips. Every one of these free asterisk from my friends Kara and Lee. And you know, Kara, I, I think I did mention this a few weeks ago because it was such a wonderful moment at our big corporate annual offsite, which we call Foolapalooza, which happened in November. But since you're here, I want you to tell the story. But what I want to point out before we talk about the snowball fight that you touched off among our 350 plus employees, I want to point out that what you're about to say ties together three of the tips that we've already heard this week. The first, random pairings. There's some randomness here. The second, small surprises. Surprises coming to people who receive their snowball. And then number six, play games. This was a game. So, a game with random pairings and small surprises. What was the snowball fight that you touched off a month ago? So, uh, we were inspired by a company called Life Labs that used um, snowballs as a really free randomization way to work. Awesome. Um, which is, um, we combined it with a thing what we like to call reverse gossip. Um, and I heard that from a podcaster, Gretchen Rubin, uh, which is saying good things about people behind their back, right? And so, if we're all sitting here and we're like, you know who's great? Rick. Uh, he's technically not, he's looking at us behind the glass, and we're saying wonderful things about he is Rick. He's pretty great. He's very creative. He he gets our culture, um, and so we got up and we encouraged people at our all hands to take out a sheet of paper and write that person's name down, and then a sentence or two about why uh, why that person is great. Why have you been saying good things about them? Um, we have about a hundred new hires this year, so it was kind of a way to say, well, who should you know if you have to get four hundred people? Um, and so then we surprised everybody by having them stand up and crumple those um, notes into a, a paper ball. Yeah, what? I mean, you just wrote down the name of somebody that yeah. you appreciate and what you appreciate about them. The next thing you do is you practically rip the piece of paper up, yeah. but you don't. But I mean, you crumple it. Yes. Yeah, so we we crumple it in a ball. Uh, and the way we randomized was to have everybody have a snowball fight, and it was a very unseasonably cold day in that room, <laughs> which made it even more fun. Um, and and so we just had the whole room just kind of literally, if you can imagine, your third grade classroom having a crumble paper snowball fight uh, for a few minutes. And so the goal was you had to find um, when the music ended, you had to find uh, whatever piece of paper was closest to you and unwrap it. And that included some random person's name and something kind that was said about them. And so your job over the next two days was to find that person and um, tell them what you heard about them. And so this created a lot of wonderful interactions, a lot of positivity. Um, one thing we noticed, people were taking pictures of these crumpled pieces of paper and posting them. We could barely read them, but you know the sentiment was there. Uh, and then that helped people um, win prizes for our next random drawing. So we had an element of winning prizes uh, on top of that. So there was some gamification, gratitude, and randomization, which is some of our favorite things. Yeah, no, just uh, reiterate that Kara took an idea from another company. Um, they did it slightly differently. She she added in the things that we wanted and made it our own, uh, made it very foolish. So I think our hope for all the listeners is uh, you don't have to do things the same way that we do or other companies, but hopefully we've inspired you with some element that you can think, well, that's interesting. You know what I could do to make that work here is and go. Mm. Well, Lee and Kara, I want to thank you both again for coming back for your sixth episode. We do this once or twice a year, so it's always special. And I just bet that every single person listening heard at least one thing that they could either put into practice in their own professional life or share with somebody who's working in a workplace that could be made better, just like ours could be made better. And that's why, selfishly, I mentioned earlier, Mailbag at the end of the month. I would love to hear. I would love to be showered with snowballs of ideas about ways that we could improve the Motley Fool culture. And indeed, just as I do every mailbag, I'll share out the best ones so we can all learn further. Kara, Lee, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. Well, you already heard it earlier. Coming up next week, games, games, games. My holiday games list for those looking for gifts in December. We'll be reviewing five stocks to put under the tree and see whether we're winning that game. And finally, we'll be showing off our new mobile game, Investor Island. So you can go to your favorite app store, tap in the search Investor Island. You'll find us. It's a free game, free. Download it. Have fun. Maybe I'll see you in app. In the meantime, we'll see each other next week. Fool on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rulebreaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.